This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead, so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef. Hi there, and welcome to our podcast. And this week at London Visited, we go to the City of London to tell you all about this iconic part of London. My name's Steve, and each week I'll bring to you the facts, history and information about different parts of this great capital. If you've been to London, are planning on visiting, live here or just love London from afar, then this is the podcast for you. Also, don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, London Visited, to see videos covering this place and so many others across London. And now to this week's podcast, which is part one of the City of London. The City of London is a city, ceremonial county and local government district that contains the historic centre and the primary central business district of London. It constituted most of London from its settlement by the Romans in the first century AD to the Middle Ages. But the modern city named London has since grown far beyond the City of London boundary. The city is now only a tiny part of the metropolis of London, though it remains a notable part of central London. Administratively, it forms one of the 33 local authority districts of London, However, the City of London is not a London borough, a status reserved for the other 32 districts, including London's only other city, the City of Westminster. It is also a separate ceremonial county, being an enclave surrounded by Greater London, and is the smallest county in the United Kingdom. The City of London is widely referred to simply as the City, differentiated from the phrase City of London by capitalised city, and is also colloquially known as the Square Mile as it is 1.12 square miles in area. Both of these terms are also often used as metonyms for the United Kingdom's trading and financial services industries, which continue a notable history of being based largely in the city. The name London is now ordinarily used for a far wider area than just the city. London most often donates the sprawling London metropolis, or the 32 London boroughs, in addition to the city itself. The wider usage of London is documented as far back as 1888, when the County of London was created. The local authority for the city, namely the City of London Corporation, is unique in the UK and has some unusual responsibilities for a local council, such as being the police authority. It is also unusual in having responsibilities and ownerships beyond its boundaries. The corporation is headed by the Lord Mayor of the City of London, an office separate from, and much older than, the Mayor of London. The Lord Mayor, as of November 2019, is William Russell. The city is made up of 25 wards, with administration at the historic Guildhall. Other historic sites include St Paul's Cathedral, the Royal Exchange, Mansion House, Old Bailey and Smithfield Market. Although not within the city, the adjacent Tower of London is part of its old defensive perimeter. Bridges under the jurisdiction of the city include London Bridge and Blackfriars Bridge. The city is a major business and financial centre, and the Bank of England is headquartered in the city. Throughout the 19th century, the city was the world's primary business centre, and it continues to be a major meeting point for businesses. London came top in the Worldwide Centres of Commerce Index, published in 2008. The insurance industry is focused around the eastern side of the city, around the Lloyds Building. A second financial district exists outside the city, 
at Canary Wharf, 2.5 miles to the east. The city has a resident population of 9,401, an estimate in mid-2016, but over 500,000 people are employed there, and some estimates put the number of workers in the city to be over 1 million. About three-quarters of the jobs in the City of London are in the financial, professional and associated business services sectors. The legal profession forms a major component of the northern and western sides of the city, especially in the Temple and Chancery Lane areas, where the Inns of Court are located, of which two, Inner Temple and Middle Temple, fall within the City of London boundary. The Roman legions established a settlement known as Londinium on the current site of the City of London, around AD 43. Its bridge over the River Thames turned the city into a road nexus and major port, serving as a major commercial centre in Roman Britain until its abandonment during the 5th century. Archaeologists note, because of extensive archaeological excavation has not revealed any signs of significant pre-Roman presence, arguments for a purely Roman foundation of London are now common and uncontroversial. At its height, the Roman city had a population of approximately 45 to 60,000 inhabitants. Londinium was an ethical diverse city, with inhabitants from across the Roman Empire, including natives of Britannia, continental Europe, the Middle East and North Africa. The Romans built the London Wall sometime between AD 190 and 225. The boundaries of the Roman city were similar to those of the City of London today, though the city extends further west than Londinium's Ludgate, and the Thames was undredged and thus wider than it is today, with Londinium's shoreline slightly north of the city's present shoreline. The Romans built a bridge across the river as early as AD 50, near to today's London Bridge. By the time the London Wall was constructed, the city's fortunes were in decline, and it faced problems of plague and fire. The Roman Empire entered a long period of instability and decline, including the Carisium Revolt in Britain. In the 3rd and 4th centuries, the city was under attack from Picts, Scots and Saxon raiders. The decline continued, both for Londinium and the Empire, and in AD 410, the Romans withdrew entirely from Britain. Many of the Roman public buildings in Londinium by this time had fallen into decay and disuse, and gradually after the formal withdrawal the city became almost, if not at times entirely, uninhabited. The centre of trade and population moved away from the walled Londinium to Londonvic, London Market, a settlement to the west, roughly in the modern-day area of the Strand, Ordwich, Covent Garden area. During the Anglo-Saxon Haptarchy, the London area came in turn under the kingdoms of Essex, Mercia and later Wessex, though from the mid-8th century it was frequently under the control of or threat from Vikings. Bede records that in AD 604, St Augustine consecrated Miletius as the first bishop to the Anglo-Saxon kingdom of the East Saxons and their king, Serprat. Serprat's uncle and overlord, Ethenbert, king of Kent, built a church dedicated to St Paul in London as the seat of the new bishop. It is assumed, although unproven, that this Anglo-Saxon cathedral stood on the same site as the later medieval and present cathedrals. Alfred the Great, King of Wessex, occupied and began the resettlement of the old Roman walled area in 886 and appointed his son-in-law, Earl Ethered of Mercia, over it as part of their reconquest of the Viking-occupied parts of England. The refortified Anglo-Saxon settlement was known as Ludenborough, London Fort, a borough. Historians have said that Alfred, king of the Anglo-Saxons, restored the city of London splendidly and made it habitable once more, 
Alfred's restoration entailed reoccupying and refurbishing the nearly deserted. Alfred's restoration entailed reoccupying and refurbishing the nearly deserted Roman ward city, building quays along the Thames and laying a new city street plan. Alfred's taking of London and the rebuilding of the old Roman city was a turning point in history, not only as the permanent establishment of the city of London, but also as part of a unifying moment in early England, with Wessex becoming a dominant English kingdom and the repealing, to some degree, of the Viking occupation and raids. While London, and indeed England, were afterwards subjected to further periods of Viking and Danish raids and occupation, the establishment of the city of London and the Kingdom of England prevailed. In the 10th century, Athelstan permitted eight mints to be established, compared with six in his capital Winchester, indicating the wealth of the city. London Bridge, which had fallen into ruin following the Roman evacuation and abandonment of Londinium, was rebuilt by the Saxons, but was periodically destroyed by Viking raids and storms. As the focus of trade and population was moved back to within the old Roman wars, the older Saxon settlement of Lundenvik was largely abandoned and gained the name of Eldvik, the old settlement. The name survives today as Aldwych, the old marketplace, a name of a street and an area of the city of Westminster between Westminster and the city of London. Following the Battle of Hastings, William the Conqueror marched on London, reaching as far as Southwark, but failed to get across London Bridge or to defeat the Londoners. He eventually crossed the River Thames at Wallingford, pillaging the land as he went. Rather than continuing the war, Edgar the Elfling, Edwin of Mercia and Morcar of Northumbria surrendered at Berkhampstead. William granted the citizens of London a charter in 1075. The city was one of a few examples of the English retaining some authority. The city was not covered by the Doomsday Book. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. William built three castles around the city to keep Londoners subdued. Tower of London, which is still a major establishment. Barnard's Castle, which no longer exists, but gives its name to a city ward. Montfichet's Tower, or Castle, on Ludgate Hill, which was dismantled and sold off in the 13th century. About 1130, Henry I granted a sheriff to the people of London, along with control of the county of Middlesex. This meant that the two entities were regarded as one administratively, not that the county was a dependency of the city, until the Local Government Act 1888. By 1141, the whole body of the citizenry was considered to constitute a single community. This commune was the origin of the City of London Corporation and the citizens gained the right to appoint, with the king's consent, a mayor in 1189 and to directly elect the mayor from 1215. From medieval times, the city has been composed of 25 ancient wards, each headed by an alderman who chairs ward moats, which still take place at least annually. A folk moot, for the whole of the city held at the outdoor cross of St Paul's Cathedral, was formerly also held. Many of the medieval offices and traditions continue to the present day, demonstrating the unique nature of the city and its corporation. In 1381, the Peasants' Revolt affected London. The rebels took the city and the Tower of London, but the rebellion ended after its leader, Watt Taylor, was killed during a confrontation that included Lord Mayor William Woolworth. The city was burned severely on a number of occasions, the worst being in 1123, 
and in the Great Fire of London in 1666. Both of these fires were referred to as the Great Fire. After the fire of 1666, a number of plans were drawn up to remodel the city and its street pattern into a Renaissance-style city with planned urban blocks, squares and boulevards. These plans were almost entirely not taken up and the medieval street pattern re-emerged almost intact. In the 1630s, the Crown sought to have the Corporation of the City of London extend its jurisdiction to surrounding areas. In what is sometimes called the Great Refusal, the Corporation said no to the King, which in part accounts for its unique government structure to the present. By the late 16th century, London increasingly became a major centre for banking, international trade and commerce. The Royal Exchange was founded in 1565 by Sir Thomas Gresham as a centre of commerce for London's merchants and gained royal patronage in 1571. Although no longer used for its original purpose, its location at the corner of Cornhill and Threadneedle Street continues to be the geographical centre of the city's core of banking and financial services, with the Bank of England moving to its present site in 1734, opposite the Royal Exchange on Threadneedle Street. Immediately to the south of Cornhill, Lombard Street was the location from 1691 of Lloyd's Coffee House, which became the world-leading insurance market. London's insurance sector continues to be based in the area, particularly in Lime Street. In 1708, Christopher Wren's masterpiece, St Paul's Cathedral, was completed on his birthday. The first service had been held on the 2nd of December, 1697, more than 10 years earlier. It replaced the original St Paul's, which had been completely destroyed in the Great Fire of London and is considered to be one of the finest cathedrals in Britain and a fine example of Baroque architecture. The 18th century was a period of rapid growth for London, reflecting an increasingly national population. The early stirrings of the Industrial Revolution and London's role at the centre of the evolving British Empire. The urban area expanded beyond the borders of the City of London, most notably during this period towards the West End and Westminster. Expansion continued and became more rapid by the beginning of the 19th century, with London growing in all directions. To the east, the Port of London grew rapidly during the century, with the construction of many docks, needed as the Thames at the city could not cope with the volume of trade. The arrival of the railways in the Tube meant that London could expand over a much greater area. By the mid-19th century, with London still rapidly expanding in population and area, the city had already become only a small part of the wider metropolis. An attempt was made in 1894 with the Royal Commission of the Amalgamation of the City and County of London to end the distinction between the city and the surrounding county of London. But a change of government at Westminster meant that the option was not taken up. The city as a distinct polity survived despite its position within the London conurbation and numerous local government reforms. Supporting this status, the city was a special parliamentary borough that elected four members to the unreformed House of Commons, who were retained after the Reform Act 1832, reduced to two under the Redistribution of Seals Act 1885, and ceased to be a separate constituency under the Representation of the People's Act 1948. Since then, the city is a minority, in terms of population and area, of the cities of London and Westminster. The city's population fell rapidly in the 19th century and through most of the 20th century as people moved outwards in all directions to London's vast suburbs and many residential buildings were demolished to make way for office blocks. Like many areas of London and other British cities, the city fell victim to the large-scale and highly destructive aerial bombing during World War II. 
especially in the Blitz. While St Paul's Cathedral survived the onslaught, large swathes of the area did not, and the particularly heavy raids of late December 1940 led to a firestorm called the Second Great Fire of London. There was a major rebuilding program in the decades following the war, in some parts, such as at the Barbican, dramatically altering the urban landscape. But the destruction of the older historic fabric allowed the construction of modern and larger scale developments. Whereas, in those parts not so badly affected by bomb damage, the city retains its older character of smaller buildings. The street pattern, which is still largely medieval, was altered slightly in places, although there is more of a recent trend of reversing some of the post-war modernist changes made, such as at Paternoster Square. The city suffered terrorist attacks during the 1993 Bishopsgate bombing, the IRA, and the 7th of July 2005 London bombings, Islamist. In response to the 1993 bombing, a system of road barriers, checkpoints and surveillance cameras referred to as the Ring of Steel has been maintained to control entry points to the city. The 1970s saw the construction of tall office buildings, including the 600-foot, 47-storey NatWest Tower, the first skyscraper in the UK. Office-based development has intensified, especially in the central, northern and eastern parts, with skyscrapers including 30 St Mary Axe, the Gherkin, Leadenhall Building, the Cheese Grater, 20 Fenchurch Street, the Walkie Talkie, the Broadgate Tower and the Heron Tower, the tallest in the city. Another skyscraper, 22 Bishopsgate, is under construction. The main residential section of the city today is the Barbican Estate, constructed between 1965 and 1976. The Museum of London is based there, as are a number of other services provided by the corporation. Guildhall is the ceremonial and administrative centre of the city. Mansion House is the official residence of the Lord Mayor. The city has a unique political status, a legacy of its uninterrupted integrity as a corporate city since the Anglo-Saxon period and its singular relationship with the Crown. Historically, its system of government was not unusual, but it has not been reformed by the Municipal Reform Act 1835 and little changed by later reforms so that it is the only local government in the UK where elections are not run on the basis of one vote for every adult citizen. It is administered by the City of London Corporation, headed by the Lord Mayor of London, not to be confused with the separate Mayor of London, an office created only in the year 2000, which is responsible for a number of functions and has interests in land beyond the city's boundaries. Unlike other English local authorities, the corporation has two council bodies, the now largely ceremonial, Court of Aldermen and the Court of Common Council. The Court of Aldermen represents the wards, with each ward, irrespective of size, returning one alderman. The Chief Executive of the Corporation holds the ancient office of Town Clerk of London. The city is a ceremonial county, which has a commission of lieutenancy headed by the Lord Mayor instead of Lord Lieutenant and has two sheriffs instead of a high sheriff. Quasi-judicial offices appointed by the livery companies, an ancient political system based on the representation and protection of trades. Senior members of the livery companies are known as liverymen and form the common hall, which chooses the Lord Mayor, the sheriffs and certain other officers. The city is made up of 25 wards. They are survivors of the medieval government system that allowed a very local area to exist as a self-governing unit within the wider city. They can be described as electoral political divisions ceremonial, geographic and administrative entities, 
subdivisions of the city. Each ward has an alderman, who, until the mid-1960s, held office for life, but since put themselves up for re-election at least every six years. Wards continue to have a beadle, an ancient position which is now largely ceremonial, whose main remaining function is the running of an annual ward moat of electors, representatives and officials. At the ward moat, the ward's alderman appoints at least one deputy for the year ahead. Each ward also has a ward club, which is similar to a residence association. The wards are ancient, and the number has changed three times since time immemorial. In 1394, Farringdon was divided into Farringdon within and Farringdon without. In 1550, the ward of Bridge becoming Bridge within. In 1978, these bridge wards were merged as Bridge Ward. Following the boundary changes in 1994 and the later reform of the business vote in the city, there was a major boundary in electoral representation revision of the wards in 2003, and they were reviewed again in 2010 for change in 2013, though not to such a dramatic extent. The review was conducted by senior officers of the corporation and senior judges of the Old Bailey. The wards were reviewed by this process to avoid malapportionment. The procedure of review is unique in the United Kingdom, as it is not conducted by the Electoral Commission or a local government boundary commission every 8 to 12 years, which is the case for all other wards in Great Britain. Particularly churches, livery company halls and other historic buildings and structures are associated with the ward, such as St Paul's Cathedral with Castle Barnard and London Bridge with Bridge. Boundary changes in 2003 removed some of these historic connections. Each ward elects an alderman to the Court of Aldermen and commoners the city equivalent of a councillor, to the Court of Common Council of the corporation. Only electors who are freemen of the City of London are eligible to stand. The number of commoners a ward sends to the Common Council varies from 2 to 10, depending on the number of electors in each ward. Since the 2003 review, it has been agreed that the four more residential wards, Port Soken, Queen Hythe, Aldersgate and Cripplegate, together elect 20 of the 100 commoners, whereas the business-dominated remainder elect the remaining 80 commoners. 2003 and 2013 boundary changes have increased the residential emphasis on the mentioned four wards. Census data provides eight nominal rather than 25 real wards, all of varying size and population. Being subject to the renaming and definition at any time, these census wards are notable in that four of the eight wards accounted for 67% of the square mile and held 86% of the vote, and these were in fact similar to and named after four City of London wards. The city has a unique electoral system. Most of its voters are representatives of businesses and other bodies that occupy premises in the city. Its ancient wards have very unequal numbers of voters. In elections, both the businesses based in the city and the residents of the city vote. The City of London Corporation was not reformed by the Municipal Corporations Act 1835, because it had a more extensive electoral franchise than any other borough or city. In fact, in widening this further of its own equivalent legislation, allowing one to become a freeman without being a livery. In 1801, the city had a population of around 130,000, but increasing development of the city as a central business district led to this falling below 5,000 after Second World War. It has risen slightly to around 9,000 since, largely due to the development of the Barbican estate in 2009, the business vote was about 24,000, greatly exceeding residential voters. 
as the City of London Corporation has not been affected by other municipal legislation over a period of time since then. Its electoral practice has become increasingly anomalous. Uniquely for city or borough elections, its elections remain independent-dominated. The business on non-residential vote was abolished in other UK local council elections by the Representation of the People Act 1969, but was preserved in the City of London. The principal reason given by successive UK governments for retaining this mechanism for giving businesses representation is that the city is primarily a place for doing business. About 330,000 non-residents constitute the daytime population and use most of its services, far outnumbering residents who number around 7,000 in 2011. By contrast, opponents of the retention of the business vote argue that it is a cause of institutional inertia. The City of London Ward Elections Act 2002, a private act of parliament, reformed the voting system and greatly increased the business franchise, allowing many more businesses to be represented. Under the new system, the number of non-resident voters has doubled from 16,000 to 32,000. Previously disenfranchised firms and other organisations are entitled to nominate voters, in addition to those already represented, and all such bodies are now required to choose their voters in a representative fashion. Bodies employing fewer than 10 people may only appoint one voter, those employing 10 to 50 people, one voter for every five employees. Those employing more than 50 people, 10 voters, and one additional voter for each 50 employees beyond the first 50. The Act also removed other anomalies which have been unchanged since the 1850s. So, I hope you've enjoyed our look at part one of the City of London. Please join us for the next episode when we look at part two and we take a deeper look into the City of London. Whatever podcast service you use to listen to this, please do subscribe to get updates on new shows and please leave us some feedback. Also, if there's any places you'd like us to feature in future podcasts, you can let me know through our website, www.londonvisited.co.uk, by emailing me directly on londonvisited at gmail.com, or you can contact us on Twitter and Instagram at London Visited, or alternatively on Facebook at The London Visited. Thanks for listening. Really hope you enjoyed our podcast and join us next time for part two of the City of London. See you soon. Bye.